I have, um, I have a short word in conjunction with what we've been talking about in forgiveness, and then we have a, a cool little announcement in a little bit. I'll do that at the end. Is that cool? We'll do it at the end. Um, uh, Holy Spirit, how many of you guys remember uh, last week when Leanne spoke on breaking the chains with forgiveness? You guys remember that? That was amazing. I will never, I was like, I didn't know Barbie had that much issue. I mean, Barbie just, man, right there. What a, what a pillow, man. We watch Barbie on Netflix at our house, so I, that was a whole new revelation for me. Because usually she's all up and happy, but I did not know that there was a side. Everyone can put up a front. But um, I just... I really enjoyed that, and I don't know about you guys, but in in the presentation, there was such a mirror to me. Like that wasn't—I don't know about you, but whenever I hear a sermon like that, I can't think of anyone else's context. That's a word for me. I need that, and um, I want to—I want to piggyback on the anointing she carried out and, and delivered. So, by the way, if it, it is—it is on a, our. Or, uh, online if you guys want to watch that video again. Um, awesome. I wanted, to, I wanted to talk real quick as in our topic on forgiveness um, was something the Holy Spirit was talking about yesterday. And that was the lies created in the offense. And I don't know if you guys have ever known this, but have you ever been able to objectively look at how you think about things like not just that happened to me but actually look at how you're dealing with your own thought process right Bing. amen awesome i will um and so i um <laughs> that's awesome last week we had a we have our uh, vote uh Wednesday night we have a service and and on a Wednesday night you can we vote in the topic we talk about and like people were like texting me stuff in the middle and it was popping up I was like this is not accountability time y'all don't text me the issues that you're going through that's all right um, but as we were uh, as I was praying the Holy Spirit was talking to me about the lies that come through an offense that would us it would things that we would need to confront as we activate forgiveness and it is a very difficult topic because we want forgiveness to come from our heart right we want it to be genuine we want it to be sincere we want it we want the full flow of that grace flowing through us we want it to just be pure and how many of you guys have ever how many of you guys have kids more than one kid Okay, you have more than one kid. And how many of you guys have ever made your child apologize to another child? All right? And as, as much as we probably heard this analogy before, how many of you guys know it just, no matter how much you try to get your kids to grab, you know, you're trying to connect their hearts. You're, 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 it's, it's not the action, it's... It's sometimes it's just mean. You gotta you're working on getting the mean out. You know what I'm talking about? It's not that they're like they're not evil. It's just they can pick up that an offense even as little kids, and even just like 
uh, as we as I grew up in my house, that was a very common practice. It was, you know, I'll give you a story. Aaron, okay, he's not in here, so I can talk about him. So, so when I was really young, we had, um, I'm a little ringy up here. Can you help me with that? Um, so as I was, uh, me and Jared were young, we had what we called Mount Galligan every like Wednesday. Mount Galligan was the laundry that we had to fold. And it's because when my mom would do laundry, we would have uh, two of the biggest hampers you can get stacked full of laundry. And one of them was just towels. And the other, what, and I don't even know how we used that many towels. We must have been really dirty and had to take a lot of showers. I don't remember taking that many showers, but they ended up in the hamper. So there, Kim laughs, but um, anyway, there's a hamper full of towels and then a hamper full of everything else. And we would do the laundry. Jared and me would, we would fold the laundry, I should say, and put it away. So as we're folding the laundry and putting it away, Aaron would come in and Aaron didn't really help. He didn't try to help. As a matter of fact, he was young enough to where he didn't have to do certain chores or pretty much any chores for that matter. <laughs> Until when we got older and moved, then he had to do everything. So he got his. But when we were folding the laundry, and usually I would take the towel pile and Jared would take the everything else pile. And so we're folding the laundry and, um, and Aaron would like play with the laundry as we're trying to like fold stuff. He never tried to learn. He just would like take the pile and take like a washcloth and hold it up and then drop it. And it would unfold. It would slow us down. And um, we got to the point where we would try to turn on the TV and try to distract him while we hurried up and fold the towels. And it usually took us like two hours to fold the laundry. It's, I'm not actually joking. I'm actually being very serious. It used to take us like two hours to fold the laundry. Kim would tell you it would probably take me two hours today to do the laundry. <laughs> so as we're folding the laundry, Aaron goes over and he gets inside one of these big hampers. And I was like, okay, let's just keep him there. This is good. We can get this stuff done. And of course, the TV is on for him, but they kind of distracted us too. It's probably why it took two hours. But as we're doing the laundry, Aaron crawls into the hamper. I go over to the hamper and I pick up the hamper because have you guys know the hampers have all the holes in it? It's made of like plastic. And so I pick up the hamper and I'm kind of like swinging him back and forth, right? And so, and he's like, ah, this is awesome. You know, he couldn't, he wasn't talking like that, but he liked it. And Jared's like, come on, David, we got to finish. And I was like, no, this is keeping, you know, you, you fold, I'll keep him distracted. <laughs> and so we're, Jared's like, you know, whatever, you still have to do the towels. I was like, yeah, I, I can do the towels quick. I just got to keep him busy. So I put Aaron in the hamper and I'm swinging him back and forth. And, you know, we have a – in my parents, the living room, we didn't have the big living room, the fellowship hall they have in their house. If you guys have been in the house, you know what I'm talking about. But we were in, like, it's now the toy room where all the kids play with toys, and that's where, like, the TV was. And, and um, my dad, when we bought the house, there was this – the most amazing wood bar that's in there. We never used it for that, but we called it the gospel bar. Um, and so we're like, there's couches in our living room and that's, that was our main living room. And so I'm swinging Aaron around, there's Mount Galligan in the middle. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start, you know, I'm play with him a little bit more. And I take the hamper and I just start going in circles. I just start going around and around. And Aaron's about, 
I don't know, he's about 40, 40 pounds, 50 pounds. He wasn't a big kid. Um, and so I'm swinging him around, and I start to get a little dizzy, but I get too close to the couch. And there was this swing, and, and I have him about maybe a 30-degree angle down, and I swing, I get too close, and the hamper just goes bam right in the side of the couch. And when that happened, Aaron, Jared and me, like, we stopped because we just saw what I did. And I, like, the hamper fell to the ground and it wasn't moving. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no. And I didn't hear anything. But then I heard this. I heard this. Y'all know, y'all know this. I heard a... <gasps> and we wait. And then I hear another... <gasps> And y'all know what that is, right? That's all hell about to break loose. It's, he didn't cry. He was, he was inhaling the call for the parents. And it came once. We thought that was it. But no, when it came a second time, you know what I started doing? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, please please don't do it. I'm so sorry. And like his face, I'm looking in there. It's like, <gasps> it was like, he couldn't be mad because there was so much pain. And when I'm saying I'm sorry to Aaron, this three, four year old boy, I'm actually not sorry. What I'm actually saying is, don't scream, don't scream, don't scream, please don't scream, please don't scream, please don't do it. Because I wasn't like, I felt bad for what I did, but there was nothing I could do about what I did. And a lot of times, when we apologize, all we're trying to do is get out of what's coming. We're not actually looking for reconciliation. We're actually not looking for restoration. We just don't want the whooping that's coming on the end of that screen. And a lot of times when people hear of the gospel, it's Jesus that they banged up against the couch. And the cross is him. And they have to apologize to God before they get in trouble. Do y'all see where I'm going with this? And y'all, that is not repentance. Apologizing to God for what you've done to his son is not what he's looking for. As a matter of fact, I remember going with um, a long time ago, um, a gentleman who he would do altar calls and this dude could make you bawl. He could make you cry most soul-piercing, you know, crying, build you up, tears pouring down to where he would give like a countdown. And three, you're going to come down to the front because of what you did. Two, the wrath of God is coming. One, come. And everyone would flood to the front in hopes that their cry would stop God the Father from punishing you. 
And y'all, that's not what Jesus presented to us. What leads, what would lead a sinner to repentance? The goodness of God, not the punishment of God. Forgiveness. Listen, forgiveness. What he gave to you happened before you asked for it. He forgave your sins. He gave before you asked. When, when, the, when, the, word says, when the word says this, it says, um, if we sin, he is faithful and just uh, to forgive us our sins and, and purify us from all our from all our unrighteousness. And it says, if you have sinned, you know, call out to the Lord, he will forgive your sins. That's actually talking to believers. That wasn't talking to unbelievers when he was mentioning that, the context of that. Here's, here's what I want to just talk about is there are lies that are created in your mind when somebody sins against you. And I'm going to talk about a few of those things. We're only going to talk about three. And here's the three. One, this person owes me. That's a lie that happens in an offense. And the truth is, even if they paid you back, its return would be short-lived. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like court cases where somebody murders a child. And... That person, who, the murderer, gets sentenced to death in death row, and they, he's done. It's still not good enough. That hole of the person you love not being there is still there. The justice that was taken out on the perpetrator is not good enough. Even if you held it against the person and they could pay you back, it wouldn't be good enough. Amen. Wow, that's tough. It would be short-lived. And guess what? You have this offense that starts to build. And we're going to get to the good part in, in just a little bit. The second thing is a lie that actually is told through an offense is this. I need to create boundaries that will prevent this from ever happening again. The truth is even boundaries. Listen, y'all. Boundaries. Boundaries are necessary. Amen. Boundaries are good. They're necessary. If they're given to you by the Holy Spirit. The illusion of safety in reality can be a cell. When you put boundaries around yourself that God didn't put around you, you've now just agreed and licensed a stronghold in your life that you are going to need Jesus to come for you from. Wow. Offense, y'all know this. Offense is going to happen. You're going to get offended. Are you offended yet? You're going to get offended. Misunderstanding the process. Uh, we, we don't want to misunderstand the process of what God wants us to go through. And we say this a lot. There are some lessons you just, in an offense, there are some lessons you do not want to learn. You want to be very conscientious of the environment going on through your mind when things are going down. 
And here's the third thing. This is the last lie I'm just going to hit today is this. Is I should have known better. I should have known better. The truth is, you want to know what the truth is? The truth of that lie is, this is the enemy's attempt to hold you uh, to an unnecessary level of accountability over an issue that he himself is responsible for. I'm going to repeat that. When you feel like you've gone through something and you think, I should have known better, that is the enemy's attempt to hold you to an unnecessary level of accountability over the issue that he himself. It was the enemy, y'all, that did that. He put it in front of you, and then once you took a bite, he blamed you for it. But he was the one that did it in the first place. And it says, so you guys know that the enemy is the author of confusion and division, correct? Yes? Well, the Holy Spirit is the giver of understanding and reconciliation. When you believe with a thought that is agreeing with a disposition of division, you're agreeing with a stronghold that Jesus is going to need, or need to come and later break. That's tough. Now, if this, now listen, y'all. This is a mandate. You can't walk with this by anybody scaring you into it. Y'all, y'all really have to hear that. Okay? You actually need to be free to everything I'm saying. If it's offensive, allow yourself to be drawn to it if the Holy Spirit is presenting it in a way that's giving you grace into it. You cannot be mandated into forgiving somebody because if you do, you will have to be delivered from that mandate. Love, love freely given is freely received, correct? Grace freely given is freely received. That's what the word says. Uh, a couple years ago, um, I used to play, uh, I, I still do play guitar, but um, I used to, <laughs> long time ago, five minutes, um, I used to go and uh, my, we had a band, we had a worship band, and we did some traveling, and a lot of traveling. And what happened one time was a friend of mine, he was like, hey, man, can you come and play? We, there was a Celebrate Recovery. And how many of you guys, it's a, it's, a, it's a really awesome ministry dedicated for people coming out of certain addictions. And, and he was like, can you come and do worship? And he's like, you know, we'll pay you. It's, and there, he's like an hour away. He's like, we'll pay you. I just need, I just, you know, our guy just canceled on us and it's a couple days away. Can you come play for us? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come play for you guys. He's like, awesome, dude. We'll give you like... We'll give you 75 bucks. And I was like, okay, cool. No, no. Th okay, I'd appreciate that. You know, because it's the whole night was taking me, you know, took off work a little bit early and uh, workers worthy of his wages. So I was like, okay, um, uh, that would be great. So I go out there. takes me an hour to get there, an hour before setup. And then the service was like an hour and a half. Teardown's 30 minutes. And I come home. It was about five hours of work. And um, work. It is work, y'all. <laughs> this is work. <laughs> and so, give a hand to our volunteers, by the way. <laughs> so, um, so, we, uh, so I go out there, I play. It was an awesome time. So good. And um, at the end of service, he comes up and, and he was like, hey, man, um, don't have a check for you. Um, and I know you know it's, I know it's not about the money for you, but we really want to bless you. And don't worry about it. I was like, okay, awesome, thank you. And so I come home, 
and he he you know just kind of goes to the wayside and a week later um, he uh, uh, he he texts me and he's like hey man I have that check for you can I can I give it to you I was like yeah where do you want to meet and he's like well let's meet tonight at seven o'clock and I was like okay well let me change some stuff around so I changed some stuff around I'm driving out which is a halfway point at 30 minutes I'm there like five minutes early get a text hey man can't come I'm like, all right. So I go home, no big deal. And then I, I text him. I text him like a couple days later. Hey man, do you want to do you want to meet up so I can get the check? And he goes, so it's all about the money for you. <laughs> and I was like. Never mind, man. It's don't worry about it. It's okay. And I never heard from him again. And this is a guy that I ministered with a lot. Like there was a distinct never called me again. Never contacted me again. And I was just like, what just happened? That was $75. Like, I have ministered with this guy so many times. It was not a big deal. Um, and then I just thought, well, okay. And then, like, I valued the guy's friendship. I really did. He's, he's an awesome man of God. He went through some hard times uh, after that. And I was, I was like, I would really like to be there for him. But he would not return my phone calls. He would not call me back. And I thought, what? What just happened? And like then I started realizing the environment that I started thinking about. This dude owes me money. What is his big deal? What is his deal? This dude owes me. And then I started to create a case against him. And there was this really weird environment. And do you know what, y'all? It felt foreign to me. I felt like I was lost in a foreign land. And I was trying to figure out how to get from A to B, and I didn't know where I was. That's what confusion and the lies do to you. They don't give you hope. They, they give you hope as long as the other person does what I think they should do. Do you want to be reconciled to me? Apologize. That's what it says. That's a lonely place because it ain't going to happen. Do you know what grace does? It pursues you. It does not hold your sin against you. It actually, one thing that I'm learning and in, in, in the whole, the shame process. Man, shame is such a lie. It is such a liar. And I don't know about you, but one time I was, I was thinking and the Holy Spirit brought up some things that I was holding myself down because of. And he said this. He goes, do you think I hold those things against you? I was like, well, I, don't, I mean, probably not. And he goes, why, why do you hold stuff against yourself if I don't hold stuff against you? Why do you do that to yourself? And he said, do you know what? As long as you hold stuff against yourself, you will only love other people 
you will only have grace for other people to the level that you have grace and forgiveness toward yourself. And he was like, if you would just let me love you to the point where all those fears are gone, you would, you would not have relational issues, first with yourself and second with other people, because you would actually see yourself as I see you and not how you see you. And our memories, our memories, if they are not what God sees about you, you are released from remembering them. Amen? That's good news. Here's my last thing. And I want, I want, you, I want, to, I want to do this. I want you to turn to five people and I want you to say, I forgive you. Just find five forgive you. I forgive you. Five people. I forgive you. 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 Did they do anything wrong? No. Here's the next question. Here's where the conflict needs to take place. Did they do anything wrong to receive this? No. Conflict. Will they do anything wrong? Right there is the answer. Behind that veil is the answer toward what God sees about you. Sin will cause you to look at your nakedness. God created you naked. He created you fully exposed. He created you to where the problem is not your nakedness. The problem is your focus and your awareness on your nakedness. The Bible talked about when we sin, we were enemies of God in our mind. Not his mind. In our mind. We were enemies of God. So if we're enemies of God in our mind, we need some sort of tool that would help us be able to change how we think. Hmm, I wonder what that could be. It is the goodness of God that leads us to change our mind. What does this have to do with forgiveness? In this spiritual economy, sin is equal to debt. Okay? I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands of any people in here in debt. But if sin is debt, then forgiveness is heaven's credit card. Come on. If sin is debt, Forgiveness is heaven's credit card. Here's my question is, is what account are you putting sin on this morning? Are you whipping out your personal credit card or are you whipping out your heavenly father's credit card? Who is paying for your debt? Are you paying for your debt? Because guess what? You don't have enough money in your account. 
and the enemy wants interest too. He will actually rob you of interest. <laughs> He's going to make you pay. He wants you to pay out of your account because he knows there's not enough. Because he knows as long as you pay with your own credit card, you will always be in debt to the sin in your heart. But Jesus comes along and says, once and forever, swipe. And that's my signature. This is my kid. You lay off. Come on. That's good. That's what forgiveness is. The problem is when we try to pay for it out of our own account. If you're using your own account, you will be limited to the forgiveness you can offer because you worked for it. If you are using your own forgiveness, you can only forgive somebody else to the level that you have experienced that forgiveness. However, if you're using the forgiveness that God gave you, which is limitless, the flow of what you can spend is limitless. Because when people offend you, you can grace them. People offend I can hey I got it's okay, I got it covered. Nothing's coming between us. Don't worry, I got it. I don't have to go back to my buddy who owes me $75 because guess what? $75 is not worth my heart. I'm worth more than that. My gift is, my creativity is worth more than $75. Your heart is worth more than that encounter. Your heart is not worth that person insulting you. Your heart is not worth that guy leaving you, that girl leaving you, that moment, that time where that teacher said, you're an idiot and you will always be an idiot unless you do what I say. That moment is paid for under Jesus' blood. You do not, you are not in debt to that moment. You get over the debt other people try to hold against you, you be free. You forgive their attempt to put you under their tenor, under their authority. Because you're not under their authority. You're not under, you're not under that. You're under grace. The law is the statement of what you owe. But grace is a credit card of how you're going to pay it off. And every time the enemy emails you your sin statement it says look this is what you did you were forgiven you pay for it with the only thing that can pay for it and y'all know what I'm talking about but I also want to get this across forgiveness in that practice if you received it then you can actually go and free other people you know what Jesus said to his disciples? This is what he said. He said, Who you forgive, I forgive. The sin against others that you retain, I retain. Look, if you don't forgive that person, I'm not going to forgive them. That's what Jesus said. If you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive them. But if you forgive them, I'm going to forgive them. Do you know what he's actually demonstrating to you in that moment? He's demonstrating 
the concept that ties back to the eye. If the eye is evil, the whole body is evil. The body of Christ, as we forgive the world in their sin, God himself, we're actually demonstrating the same grace Jesus did. That's good news. I don't know if people know. I don't know if they know. Like, I, I don't know how, how long someone could be in a church and not know how much their heart is being pursued by God. That should free us. I mean, that should just release us into a whole new dimension. Amen? Cool. I just want to uh, thank you guys. And, and, and by the way, if, if you're not in that, then I, I just need to make you aware of it. Do you need to come down to the front? No. You don't. You need to grab what you heard and you need to make it a part of your heart. You don't have to tell me you did. But you need to go free somebody else. Because now you have all that you need. Go share it. And that will prove what you have. Amen? All right. We're going to... Uh, he did. He screamed horrible and I got a couple spankings for it. So, Yes. I told, I told the hamper story where I swung you around. Y'all, if y'all look, he's got a shaved head. If you look right here, the, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so I have a cool announcement. And we're going to do this or we're going to release. And man, dang, I went long today. This is crazy. Y'all are about to fall asleep. So, um, so how many of you guys know that mom and dad have been on sabbatical for like three months now? And they, um, uh, Brother Dick called up Dad a couple months ago, and, and he was like, you know, Ray, when was the last time you went on sabbatical? And, and Dad was like, uh, <laughs> a long time. And if you guys know uh, people who do teaching or any sort of, you know, even college education, you don't go long periods of time without taking a break. And so Mom and Dad have been on a, an apostolic-directed break, hey, just relax, get out. They've been going to other churches and they've been enjoying just the environment of what God is doing as a whole. And so, um, um, was it a couple weeks ago that brother Dick called and was like, he, he called me and he called you, um, or I called him, but he called you. And he was like, you know, Hey guys, um, let's, let's put Ray back in. And we were like, all right, when and he was like, man, as soon as you want. So, not today, but next Sunday, Dad and Mom are going to be back here at Open Heavens. Awesome! I'm, I'm excited. I have loved. I have loved hearing just the heart of my dad and what God has been doing in his heart. And this has been just an awesome. Uh, he's missed you guys a whole lot. Don't get me wrong. He's missed you, but it has been an awesome season and just kind of a training. How many of you guys know when you just you step out and you see things from a different perspective, you get renewed vision, you get hope, you get, you know, and so just talking with him, I'm super excited about this. This is good. And I love, you know what I love about it? Um, we had like a, and I told Kim this, we had like a six month, we laid everything out and that's what Brother Dick said, let's do six months. And then he calls... He calls in, it's been three months. He's like, let's change it up. I'm just like, oh yeah, let's do it. And let me tell you the reason why. Your discipleship, is, it's so vital that your discipleship is exposed to changes you are not counting on. Amen? Yeah. 
How many of you guys want your kids? This is this is a trick question, by the way. How many guys want your kids to be a slave to order? You want them to respect order. You want them to know order. You want them to be able to execute order. But more importantly than that, you want them to learn context and the voice of God. And when the voice of God speaks, you say, that's what we're doing. And when Brother, D- Brother Dick Collins said, let's do this, I'm just like, oh, like, I feel the move. I feel it. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. So coming next Sunday, you guys are going to be here. It's going to be good. And you guys can give them the biggest hug and kiss and, and squeeze and everything else that you guys give them. Noogies, you know, if you guys do noogies. I just gave uh, Judah a noogie for the first time last week, and he loves it. So um, whatever you guys give, it's going to be awesome. And we're just going to continue to move in the flow of what God's doing. But that's exciting. Amen. Amen. Can you all stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For the demonstration and the depth of forgiveness that you have shown towards us. And Father, thank you for just releasing the spirit of forgiveness and grace through your people. And we love you. And as you forgive us freely, we're going to turn again to our neighbor and say, I forgive you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a hug. You guys, you guys.